Welcome to Fabulous After 50, the podcast for women wanting to make the most of their lives. My name is Julie Kennedy, and I am your host. Well, I am delighted to welcome back Reverend Anne-Marie Zinzal, who worked for many years as hospital and who are in the process of coming out later in life. So do have a look if or have a listen, I would say, if you haven't already to our former interview on coming out after 50 as LGBTI. A totally different topic, though, today, divorce. And should I divorce after 50? Big question Mm -hmm. indeed. Anne-Marie Zinzal, welcome. Can I ask you, for those who didn't have the chance to listen to our previous episode, to just introduce briefly who you are, what you do? Well, thank you, Julie. I'm so excited to be back. We had such fun the last time. And so I work with women who are in the process of coming out later in life to the LGBTQIA plus community. Like you mentioned, you know, trans, cisgender and non-binary folks comfortable in those spaces. I have done that after my own coming out post 50. I was 52 and and uh, and really developed a way to help people coming out later in life. And that includes building community and as well as a support with coaching and group coaching. And so that's what I do. That is what I do all the time, every day. It's a huge community, believe it or not. Most, you know, we have this misimpression that everybody figures it out when they're 15 or 16 years old, but that's not always the case. And women in particular come out a lot later than men do. And there's a whole host of reasons for that. But if we start talking about that, Julie, we'll go on a tangent. Yeah, I know. And I will very much invite the audience to it. At least listen to yeah. that episode we did. And I was so delighted to find someone because it is all tied together, right? It's all tied mm-hmm. together with this idea of age. You know, does 50 mean, mm-hmm. well, you know, if you've coped so far or if you haven't come out so far, why rock the boat now? And Absolutely. also to our topic today of, of divorce. I mean, divorce is, is scary at, at the best of times, whatever age you are. But there does seem to be you know, I, I even see it with people, as you know, I'm divorced as well. And mm-hmm. so if I remember well, you were married, was it 27 years? 27 years. Oh, and 27. I got, we started the divorcing process when I was 52. And I think it was completed when I was 54. Yeah, right. 54. Yeah. So yeah, and I got divorced after 50. And, and honestly, you know, it was just as difficult and traumatic as coming out. And, right. but it's a whole different, and the thing is, it's a whole different animal. It is just another part of my life in transition after 50. So there's a lot of very brave steps. I mean, from that point of view, I'd say, you know, what does it show? It shows, it shows hope. It shows, you know, confidence that we have a future, you know, if we're talking about ageism and people saying, well, you know, 50, it's the end. And, you know, we're just slowing down. Why would I, you know, that's certainly not true. Okay. Mindset comes into it a lot, but nowadays with our, you know, life expectancy, you know, 50 is, is the middle, you know, I mean, it really well, yeah. is. And, and, and it's so funny because I'm like smiling at you when you said that, oh, it's 50, I'm too old, you know, and it's like, no, actually we're not. Anybody who's listening to this podcast after 50, there is such an opportunity for change and growth and transformation in our fifties. And right. if your marriage is holding you back, you know, and, and you're not happy, you don't have to stay married post 50 if you don't want to. And, yeah. and sometimes people need to hear that because yeah. we, a lot of us have been acculturated, just like you said, oh, I'll just stay married. You know, we've been, we've come this far. 
I, I don't know if your friends have done this. I noticed that women and men often lead very separate lives. I find that people, if they make it into their seventies, they sort of go back together, you know, but they live a lot of times married couples live very, very separate lives. And and if that's for you and you enjoy it and you're happy in that place. Yeah. If you're not wanting anything else, I suppose it's, it's often that, isn't it? It's the idea of, do you think, you know, I think, you know, at one point, I mean, I was feeling, you know, just a bit like, okay, well, you know, it's not perfect. And, you know, we're very different on lots of points of view. And yeah, I'm not quite sure we make a better person out of each other. But it was a bit like, well, you know, you don't really bother much with the idea until, you know, so I, I, there was a, a different sort of spark. And I suddenly started to think, you know, we came back to Holland. So I wasn't living abroad anymore, where it was harder to imagine a life, you know, as divorce, because of course, that meant that I came back, plus, I didn't even know where came back meant, because of course, I'm not Dutch, but I've never lived in Britain. So there was a whole lot of rational reasons as well. Not that my head had got that far in thinking why I was divorcing, but it was basically the idea, if, then now, you know, that there's no point, you know, so either you say, right, fine, you know, I'm going to, he's a lovely person, there's nothing wrong, you know, we're not talking about divorcing for, you know, for, for some horrible reason, or that he's betraying you, or that he's hitting or you, you're or betraying him, you know, you're betraying it's, him. It's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, yeah, we're not talking... I think what we're talking about is like for me, and I know whether you're straight or gay, it really doesn't matter. But for me, it was like this. First of all, it it wasn't like I was married. Yes, I was married for 27 years. Yes, we had developed a friendship around our children. We we love both loved our kids and were good parents together. But it was that even then, even before I realized I was not straight, I was restless. I was I spent so much of my life like wanting to leave right. but afraid. Yes. And I was in something called my comfort zone. You know, yes. I was used to, you know, I was used to my life. I, I, and, and it was, you know, very, it was parts of it were incredibly happy, but I was a very alone in my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. My marriage was, he, he was not emotionally available. But, you know, it becomes tricky. I wrote an article, it's on my website called Good Guy, and it's applicable to anybody who's thinking about getting divorced. My ex-husband was what we, when we say a man is a good guy, you know, he was a good guy. Like if you met my husband, Julie, you ex-husband, you would have thought, you'd be like, oh, he's such a nice guy. (laughs) But he wasn't there for me. And he wasn't emotionally available for me. Like my, like he didn't support support me like emotionally at all. He was frequently gone from our family life. You know, he just sort of disappeared, even if he was present. And that was you were a single mom in effect, right? Oh, yeah. Living with your husband, right? I mean, he got actually the ironic thing, he got better as we got older. By the time our fourth child was around, he was pretty involved dad, not like in the day to day stuff, but like, you know, went to all the games, did all that stuff like that. But he just, he just was gone. And I was really, really alone. And, And how I know this now is I'm married to someone who would adores me and who loves me. And, you know, one of the things about my ex-husband is he like never had my back Mm. and she has my back. Like if something bad happens or something upsets me, I go and talk to her about it. And, you know, most of the time, you know, she's like, oh, they're an idiot or something. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she just liked my number one supporter. And, you know, it was just really lonely in my marriage. That's I the know. I do. I do. I do recognize what it, you mean. And I've got all these ideas coming up because at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, it's a fine line when, when I keep right. thinking, well, look, you know, if this isn't working, not making each other happy, even though we look like the perfect family, right? right. On a deeper level, we were not making each other happy, or, or at least I was certainly not making him happy. Or my, I wasn't imagining that I was making him happy, right. basically. You know, but I kept saying, well, no, I don't want to be one of those, you know, this new generation where you divorce for a yes or for a no. I said, if I marry, I commit and, you know, through the good and the bad, you know, all that sort of idea. And I think also from one point of view, we're talking about happiness here. And I think for women also for a long period of our lives, it's not that our happiness doesn't come first, but it, it doesn't, you know, especially if we've no. got children, Absolutely. you know, we're busy trying to look after them. We don't really ask ourselves that question very often. Like, am I happy? It's more, you know, is everything okay? What do I need to, to sort out? Who needs me? That sort mm -hmm. of thing. So, so at 50, then we have maybe a little bit more time to think, well, am I happy? And if mm -hmm. not, what would need to change for me to be happy? Right. And to also maybe start claiming that we have a right to also be happy. Because I think that's a problem a lot amongst women, I would say. And I think men too. A lot of times men aren't happy in their marriages and yeah. they just keep going because, you know, that's what they're trained to do. And, yeah. and I agree with you too, like, you know, you said, and I think also too, sometimes we get lost in the image of the perfect family, you know, oh, yes. like what looks like from the outside yeah. is a perfect family, you know, like, you know, mom, dad, kids, very heteronormative. And the thing is, is that a lot of times it isn't. Yeah. And it's like, and that we, doesn't mean that you have to have raging rows either. Cause we, we didn't have raging rows or anything mm -hmm. like that. No, we didn't either. And actually yeah. I was like, you know, like you, I was deeply, deeply committed to my marriage. My ex and I were the poster children for marriage therapy. I mean, I had had marriage therapy with him for on and off for mm -hmm. years. And mm -hmm. the problem was Julie is I didn't listen to my own voice. Oh. I was trying to repair or try to make better something that, that just, I guess what I want to say is just wasn't fixable, quote unquote. Yes. yes. Something really good there. That's, that's exactly what I, when people sort of say to me, but when did you know, and how did you decide? I think there's a question of deciding, you know, is, is, nothing's ever perfect no you never have a perfect relationship that yeah. doesn't exist and I think it would be very boring and I think we're meant to go through ups and downs and getting to know each other and and at the end of the day you stay two individuals right mm -hmm. you don't become one monster with two heads so two individuals who are developing our kids yeah exactly <laughs> to our kids quite right it, it, it's the question that you know if, if you're going to stay in balance is the foundation so strong that the, the not being perfect and the not always being perfectly aligned matter or not. And that, again, doesn't mean that the other person has to be a horrible person who drinks and who batters you and batters your children or whatsoever. It just means that you're not perfectly able to make each other happy and to complement. Well, and, I, and I push back against the word perfect because it's just that if they listen, it's like one of those things. I think you and I are saying the exact same thing is that. We had the values of, oh, you stay married together no right. matter what. We had those values. They were given to us by our families and, and sometimes our religion. You know, we just had this, this like, you get married, you stay together. And then something happened that you, that we realized that for me, like my 
figuring out my sexuality was the key. And I'm going to be really honest, Julie, if I, you know, really didn't like realize that my, you know, that I wasn't straight and, and really needed to explore being with a woman and being in a, in a queer relationship, I'd probably still be married now because I wouldn't have had the courage to leave. Right. Because even though there were very many good parts of our life, it wasn't like this, like, like good guy, you know, I was telling yeah. you, it's like, yeah, and that and I relate to completely. Yeah. And well, and this is the thing too, is that the standards for being a good guy and the standards for being a good girl are very, very different. Yeah. And a good guy for women for in our society is a guy that is not violent is not verbally abusive, is is not abusive in any kind of way, and is relatively faithful. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good guy. Um, While a good woman has to be so much more, they have to be beautiful. They have to be thin. They have to be all loving, all knowing mother. They have to be self-sacrificing for their family. They have to still look like a top model. Yeah. yeah, And yeah, they often now, especially among the younger women that are under 40 now, they have to have a great career. I mean, there's so many. do it all. But also what's a good guy for one girl isn't for another. So it's, I mean, it's the fact that the person can be perfect. My ex-husband is an absolutely wonderful person. He really is on all aspects. But, but he, he wasn't, wasn't the right a wonderful person, person for me. For me. Right. Yes. Right. And my ex-husband is now partnered with somebody that I believe he'll end up spending his life with. And, and she is very, my kids, my kids, you know, she's a perfectly lovely person, but like my, my second child says, oh, she's so straight. She's so perfect. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's the thing is that, you know, he, he just really wasn't the right person. And I'll be really honest, Julie, I knew it before I married him. Often we do, and then we 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 make it work because it just you know it seems like the right person, and we make it work because we're supposed to stay married forever, right? And and you know I always say this to people, you know you go to weddings. You were saying you're going to a wedding this weekend, you know, and they do that dance where all the couples get up, and then you know they say if you've been married five years, sit down. If you've been married ten, and then there's that last couple that's been married for fifty years standing, you know, on the dance floor, (laughs) and everybody gets up and claps, right? Half the time, those couples are absolutely miserable as can be. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So, but you know, today we're talking about, you know, we called it, should I divorce after 50? So you and I have now explored the fact that women tend to not put themselves first, that we tend to to not want to rock the boat, that we think that we should be, you know, battling on ahead, you know, as they say in England, you know, lie back and think of England sort of thing, you know. So we're talking about should one. And and I heard you say something before is that, you know, what holds us back is fear, right? Right. If if we have the feelings, I'm not saying that everybody should divorce. Of course, in an ideal world, you don't divorce because divorce is hard. It hurts. Even if you've wanted it, 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 you know, you're breaking up a family. You're you're breaking something. No, you're just, okay, so I'm going to... Push back. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. You're changing a family. You're changing a family. Right. Yeah. And that that breaking up a family narrative is one of those things that keep us in our places of comfort and be, you know, with the, with the, well, I did it, but I still feel that I've broken up the family. I mean, even though my ex is extremely happy with his new partner, so am I, the children, you know, we, 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 we are very much, you know, the sort of couple who we try to do parties and stuff together. I I like his new girlfriend very much. So you just changed your family. Yeah, I suppose. It's not, it's not. And the thing is, is words are really important. So when we talk about a narrative, we have to use like, so lot, so that is 
I, you're very I right. With, I work with divorcing women all the time. I, think I would feel a lot less guilty if I stopped saying that I broke up the family. You didn't break up the family. Mm. You changed your family. You're still in. You're still in relationship with your ex husband. Yeah. You are both happier. He, the kids still have access to both of you. A lot of time, you know, your family just changed. It's yeah. just different now. And there's a sadness in that, but also too, you're happy too. Yeah. And yeah. so this is the thing: is that divorce is the process of holding two things to at one time, often two opposing emotions. So like I often talk about holding joy and grief at the same time, right. grief of what was joy for what is now and what could be, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, it, it's actually divorcing sometimes can be a really exciting time in your life, especially yeah, so you're starting a new one, you with a better knowledge of who you are, whatever age Absolutely. you are. At 50, I think most of us know ourselves much better than yeah. At 25, you know, and so it's really exciting to be able to create a life for yourself. And I always say that midlife is the time where we create a life that we were born to have, not right. one we were told to have. Very true. Because a lot of times our values, our mores, everything is from our parents and our society and who was around us when we were in our 20s. And then you know, as we hit midlife, whether it's 40, 50, 60, we start to realize, wait a minute, I don't really fit into this paradigm that I'm in. And I need to be in a different one if I want. And it's not only happiness, Julie, it's peace and and serenity. It's not just like, it's like happy seems so cliche, but it's, it's really, it's, it's the feel good emotions. Yeah, that, that inner peace, that inner that you know where you are, because I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of courage, I would say, Mm -hmm. and a lot of self-belief or belief that it's for better cause. So, I mean, I know that for a certain amount of years, I, who I was struggling and I was, you know, getting very angry at myself for not managing to be the caring, loving wife that I felt I should be because that's what he deserved. But it was just not me. I wasn't capable. It wasn't the right click for me to give him what he needed. That was just not me. But for me, I was finding it hard to make the decision. Um, oh, absolutely. you know, it was a bit like, well, you know, come on, everybody says, you know, he's perfect. And we had a beautiful, you know, like you, a glamorous life, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, my friends were saying, are you mad? Your status. And people were saying, how are you going to earn money? And how and this, and, you know, you've lived abroad, you've moved so many times, your CVs are all chaos. How are you going to get a, a real job with that? And, you know, and I was thinking, well, you know, you can stay for all of those reasons, but you can also decide that you deserve the happiness. But what for me was the tell? And I don't feel very proud of that in the way was the idea that I suddenly realized that he could be a lot happier with someone else. And that, oh, yeah. that, that gave was... me the authorization. But that's not what we want here. Right. We want for us to feel that if we're not in the right place. To, to just be authentic, to just really dare stand up for ourselves and, and say that, you know, nothing is better. Because, of course, we have also the aspect of 50 plus people are thinking, well, you know, I don't look as good anymore. Will anybody, you know, I don't want to end up alone. I think lots of people are very frightened, are more frightened actually of living up alone than of not having, you know, enough money for uh, the life that they're used to. Usually most people, I, I every every woman... I have ever met who is going through divorce has said to me, I don't want to end up alone and, and a homeless person on the street. Right. right. And it's so funny because most of these women are incredibly capable women. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it 
even if you've never worked like outside the home, most women are incredibly capable. They have yeah. run a home. They have volunteered up and down. Well, everything. Right? We have yeah, very resourceful. resourceful. And, and the thing is, is that that doesn't happen to people. And, but that is like, that is a fear. Like if you think of, you know, our comfort zone. So here you are, you're married, you're married, you know, 25 plus years, you're just hitting 50. You're not happy in your marriage. You haven't been happy in your marriage, but you're comfortable. And I'm not talking finances Yeah, yeah, yeah. about is that you're just, you're used to it. You know, you're used to it and it's not great, but it's not horrible. And, and then all like you, and you think about leaving sometime, but then all these fears pop up and we've talked about them already. Oh, I'm going to break up my family. You're going to change it. Oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to be a bad, you know, be a bag lady. You are much more resourceful than you ever thought possible. I mean, and there's also divorce laws now to protect women. (laughs) So, you know, so that, that like, that's a really something to look into, you know, and it's really whatever, whenever we're making a big change in our life, whether it's divorce, jobs, whatever, there's always this element of fear and you have to step into the fear with the trust that the universe is going to hold you and you're going to be able to get through it. Most women I know that divorce post 50 because they're not happy or their husband's been an alcoholic their whole lives or whatever, they're happier when they get divorced. Even yeah. if their status changes, yes. even if they're living more modestly than they did before. I am, I am living, I still, I still have a beautiful life and a beautiful home. It's half the size of my old home, but that's yeah, okay. Me too. My old yeah. home was too big. You know? And this is seriously like, you but know, because those are never the things which are going to make us happy, right? We don't right. glow with happiness because of the size of our bedroom. Well, right? It's not about stuff. And it's about, again, that internal peace, that internal yeah. joy. And, and I like, I never had that before in my life. And I have that now. Yeah. I have a certain peace, like within myself, I have, I, I frequently find joy. And like, for example, that like, I just, I sit in the joy of the moment. My oldest daughter, I met her, her boyfriend's parents and they're Indian. And so her boyfriend and his brother had never decorated a Christmas tree before. And so I was out in California visiting my oldest daughter and the, the five of my wife and I, and my daughter and her boyfriend and his brother all decorated the Christmas tree and watching those two men that are like 30 and 32 have such a joy at decorating a Christmas tree for the first time. And I was like, so honored to have witnessed yeah yeah Yeah. like and they were so cute and sweet and they're like those are the special moments which do give you that happiness right it's it's a happiness in the everyday the little things right it doesn't have to be not the material so what what you know if we're talking about that it's fear mostly holding women back what what are the three tips you would share with the audience i mean knowing that this is this is your work right this is you you help and you accompany women through divorce Mm. and we'll make sure we've got all your details in the show notes, but what three tips would you share right now? All right. So one of the biggest fears that women have is around money. Honestly, it truly is. And I always tell people they, and they spend so much time in that fear. And I'm like, even if you 
are thinking about divorce and not even sure you want to do it, talk to a divorce lawyer, Mm. talk to somebody who is a professional, whether it's somebody who practices mediation in divorce, if you're able to mediate with a spouse, that's the best thing. Be be not going the legal, you know, the real legal, because knowing your options are vital. You know, exactly. and that's that already very you know, reassuring in itself, right? Yeah, just knowing what your options are in the United States. Every country is different, but in the United States and, and every state in the union is different. So when people ask divorce, it, except for Connecticut, where I got divorced, I can't answer the questions about like the legal stuff of the yeah. divorce. So see a lawyer, talk yeah, to someone. Exactly. So instead of just being frightened of what you don't know, just at least have a clear look at what there is. And if you still have like most people who've been, so like we're talking about women over 50. And so we're going to assume they've been married 20 plus years. You know, we're just going to assume that, you know, mostly if you haven't worked there, you know, al- it, they, they don't call it, they call it spousal support. Now they don't call it alimony anymore, okay. but a lot of people, you know, you, you are eligible for that a lot of the times and and I need people to you know oh I don't want to take his money right I yeah, hear that all the time yeah. okay That's it's not what I did yeah it's mm-hmm. not his money I agree you yeah. guys marriage the end of a marriage and getting divorced is like sort of it's like yes there's that emotional piece but also there is that business piece And a lot of times women have made the business arrangement that they will stay home and take care of the kids and the husband will make. But it's still working, right? Isn't it? Right. They're still working and I've been working really super hard. And so it is not his money. It is your money and it is dividing up your assets. I did that too in the beginning. And then it was so brutal. My (laughs) And at the end, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm. But it's I, true. We we put ourselves down in in that way, you know. And they say, well, I've always worked. I said, yeah. Well, how do you think we managed to move around the world with a family? Who did all the? Let's find the new doctor, the new dentist that take the kids oh, to classes. All those things. You know, that is work as well. And we are sort of gently but surely running out of time. So what are, what are the other two tips that you have? So first sure. of all, is indeed don't don't just be afraid of what you don't know. Find a lawyer and see. Yeah, and just your options are just for the interest. And right. you know what, you might go to that lawyer and you say, nope, it's not for me. I'm too scared. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. And that is okay. Knowledge is power. Exactly. The second thing is, is that I really feel like divorces can be a firestorm depending on your, some people do not have divorces like that. There's all kinds of spectrum, but really I've, I believe like tapping into your spiritual side. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I always practice meditation, but through my divorce, I really practice meditation to overcome fear and help make decisions and help to get myself quiet to hear my inner voice so I practice meditation there's all forms of meditation from walking meditations to you know guided meditations and there is no wrong way to do it there's some great free apps out there I'm a big I I love insight timer and it's free and you can literally put in meditation for anger (laughs) Right, right. And, and there's like 30 that come and up. It and it does, right. It, it calms your mind. It, it lets you breathe properly so you can think properly. And it connects you to something bigger than you, which is reassuring as well. You know, when we're worrying right. with all these little day-to-day things. Right. Okay, right. That's, a, that's a good one. And the last one? Get a professional to help you yeah. with the guidance and support. You need your person during a yeah. divorce to 
talk to. Family members are often biased and have their yeah. own opinions. Sometimes they are supportive of your decisions. Sometimes they're looking at you saying, what are you crazy? Get a, a professional to really support you and see them weekly, whether it's a therapist or a coach or, you know, or somebody that can be, you know, sometimes people see directors. I mean, yeah. see somebody weekly that can provide you support. Yeah. You're not alone, then, right? You don't have to do this alone. Well, and also too, people are like, well, I can't afford all this stuff beyond the divorce lawyer, which I think is an incredibly good investment. And I think you should, you know, find the money if you can to talk to somebody. There are all kinds of communities now that are online, that are free, that can provide you with support. You know, in Facebook, if you go into the search box and say divorcing women, there will come up all sorts of things there. And there are whole communities, right? There are whole communities of women supporting women, sharing tips and and places, you know, coaches and ideas where to go. And that's what with me and my own coming out, like, so my coming out happened before my divorce, but like that, finding that group saved my life because they were talking about all the things. And they also, a lot of them had some real practical advice that like changed my perspective on things. So they were women who had been through it, you know, the five years before me and they had some, and I'm so grateful for that. It's so wonderful. And it's just, it's heartwarming, right? Well, Anne-Marie, thank you very much again for this. And indeed, I mean, we're not advocating divorce here for divorce no, sake no. and not just because one day you're not feeling so happy. So you think, well, let's throw 20 years of marriage out the window. We're talking about when we know that this is is not working and to, to just take that leap of faith that, that we owe it to ourselves to be the best person we can be. And we can only be that in the right environment and circumstances. But can I just add one yep. thing? But when we embrace our authenticity, whether for me, it was my sexuality, for you, it is something different. We make the world a better place. We do. We do. Yeah. Thank you. Well, those are wonderful ways to finish off. I couldn't say it any better. So take heart if you're listening to this today and you've been struggling with this concept, get the help that you need, get good view of your options and use a tool like mindfulness spirituality in order to help you support it and there will be once you start opening up out there there will be so many people who will come on your path to help you so here's to making the next 50 wonderful years (laughs) all the best to you all speak to you again this time next week thank you for listening now it is up to you to make it happen Join me next week for another dose of empowering vitamins as we navigate the marvelous roller coaster we call life. Subscribe and let me know what you think we should be talking about. Take care out there. <laughs>